Hey there, toppers. Thank you so much for clicking on this special episode. What you are about to hear is the first ever episode of Long Distance Situationship. Don't worry, we're not going to clutter up your feed with all of our side projects with anything resembling regularity. But as Hot Kyle and myself are setting off on this new venture, we decided we'd see if any of you wanted to come along. If you enjoy the episode, check out our show notes or our description or whatever is appropriate to the platform you're listening on. And uh, you can give us a like or a subscribe or whatever. You know the drill at this point. Um, so come along with us. Hope you enjoy the ride. And we'll be back with more Top Pot on Monday. Peace. Hello, hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Long Distance Situationship. My name is Michael, joined with my host, Kyle. Hey, Mike, how you doing? At long last, we are finally doing a podcast, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, this is uh, this is our third time being on the same podcast together, but after about two years, it is our first time hosting a podcast together, and uh, I too am freaking stoked. Right. I had you on my original podcast. You had me on your currently running podcast, The Top Pod. And now that I'm moving away, like this is going to be our our long distance communication. Yes, we are absolutely uh, pushing the boundaries of the definition situationship. Um, (laughs) And we're also pushing the boundaries of the word coastal. So, you know, it's a stretch, uh, but you know, it works and it's made uh, a lot of people cry from laughing. So I'm okay with the title, even if it's not perfectly accurate. Come on, let's be honest. Uh, we are also pushing the boundaries of what heterosexual is. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that's just me, but the boundary is still there. I'm just pushing it. <laughs> but I mean, with, with me leaving to LA next month, I mean, I'm really excited to just have a, a regular time for the two of us to just catch up and, and talk about the things that are on our mind. I mean, seriously, our friendship was really founded upon us sitting down and just getting into intense debates and really interesting conversations. And I think before we were really close, that's what had us coming back again and again was just like having these profound conversations because we have such different viewpoints, yet we hear each other and we respect each other. And like, I think that kind of dynamic is something that I, I still want to have in my life when I go to LA. And so I'm excited to be able to like come back to you with these stories and these situations and these things going on to get your perspective being completely outside the entire situation. Dude, absolutely. And uh, you've always been one to go out and have crazy adventures and come into my small world and share those stories. And uh, has always brightened the day, my days and all my (laughs) friends' days. Like there were people who'd be like, Kyle's coming over for dinner. I need to stop by so I can hear what nonsense he's gotten into. (laughs) And so I'm like, dude, if people will travel distance to come hear these stories, somebody's got to be willing to listen for free on a podcast, right? <laughs> wow, that's so true. I'm, and I'm so happy to oblige. Well, but on the other end of that, you've always been this like this voice of reason, like being outside of everything. You, you've got a really good head on your shoulders. You've got a really good moral code. Like you're just a good man all around and who has good advice to give. So being able to come to you and you being someone that doesn't know anybody involved, that doesn't, hasn't been to these places or done these things, but to be this like resounding, this kind of like this true North 
this like this guiding <laughs> voice it has always like helped me in my life as well. So like that dynamic, I think it just it really works. I will be your anchor in the storm, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. This is why I love you. Completely <laughs> heterosexually. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Well, we need the kiss sound effect. <laughs> oh wait, so so you're drinking today? I uh, I tend to I like to engage with people where they are, and uh, <laughs> if, if you're having a drink, I'll have a drink. <laughs> yes. Well, this you know, with this being our inaugural episode, and the topic being turning thirty. I wanted to pay homage to 20-year-old Kyle, who did lots of drinking for lots of situations, including many times where I'm on screen or on air. <laughs> and uh, for our Turning 30 episode, I, I will be drinking as well. It's, this will not be forever, but I just want <laughs> our audience to get a good taste of Kyle at 29, so that when they see me at 30 and beyond, they're like, oh, this guy's way more put together. <laughs> <laughs> you always want to look your worst for the before shot, you know? And so, yeah, exactly. And what a better way to hook our audience than them seeing me at my worst. <laughs> so let's talk about this podcast and how it's going to be structured. Let's give everybody the rundown of how this is going to work. Because I don't like podcasts that go on and on about topics that may or may not be interesting. I mean, sometimes it's great, but as soon as your podcast get close to an hour, I, I don't have time for that. So my, Mike and I have developed a Hold on, how do I want to present? We have a structure in place to prevent you from having to go on a journey of the ear with us. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, you want to take it from there? Okay. Yeah. So basically every episode is going to start with my time or Kyle's time, um, the time of the person whose time it is. And uh, it is going to be one minute and one minute only in which they get to talk about whatever is on their mind. Uh, so if you want to rant, if you got a story, if you just, I, I don't know, if, if you got something that is on your heart that you want to, or something you need to get off your chest, you get one minute at the start of the episode where the time is yours to just do your thing. Uh, from there, we're going to dive into our topic. We're going to keep it tight. Uh, going to do our best to keep it around 20 minutes. And then we're going to have fun and games to close it out. So if we're having a guest, we'll bring them on. We'll do something with our guests. Tonight, we're going to play a game. Um that that's kind of our variety time to to mix it up and do different segments, and we're just gonna we're gonna see where it goes from there. Yeah, and, and I'm really excited about it because we're both a little ADHD as it is, so <laughs> jumping around to to different subjects and like fun games and segments is going to be great. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super stoked. We've been we've been fine tuning this for a long time, and now we're gonna see if we can actually get it right in one go. Yeah, and so to get us started with his my time. Mike, why don't you start us off and set the tone? So something I absolutely despise is targeted advertising for things that I've already purchased and that I only need one of. For example, not too long ago, my ex-wife needed a new car. Uh, we were searching for that together and uh, we, we did a bunch of research. And of course, I start getting targeted ads for cars. Well, we purchased a vehicle and if... If Google can know that I am trying to purchase something because I whispered it half a mile away from my cell phone or because I thought it <laughs> at work, 
they can damn well know that I've purchased it and I don't need two Chevy Equinoxes, right? Like <laughs> it, it drives me nuts. You know, I don't need another one of these. You know, I'm not going to buy another one of these. Quit wasting both of our time. Drives me nuts. I can't stand it. it this re- very recently happened to me with hiking boots. And I'm like, I just dropped 90 bucks on boots. I don't need another pair of hiking boots. Stop. <laughs> yes. Well done. With I think a little time to spare. That was smooth. Thank you. Thank and you. you're so right. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, you are right that if their algorithm can pick up that I'm looking for something, then they should also know when I have purchased it and that I don't need a second car. <laughs> right. For real. Like, yeah, it, it drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. And I just, I wanted to rant to anyone who's willing to listen. So this week's topic is turning 30. Mike, you and I actually just went out to celebrate your 30th birthday. You are officially a 30-year-old man, and I want to ask how it feels. Are, are you grown now? Is it different on the other side? Are you suddenly old? Like, what, how, how does it feel? So, I mean, it's weird for me because turning 30 is just one step closer to my body being the age of my brain, which is 95. <laughs> uh, so, like, it, I, don't, I don't feel older because I already know I'm an old man. Um we were out. We hit the club. It was so loud. There were so many straws. <laughs> it was disgusting, it was man. Your first were... time. It was your first time at a club, too. Literally never been like, before. We're going to go dancing. And you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> there, there are straws strewn for miles around. It was all I could yep. think about was just like, ah, I'm just stepping on people's drinks and ice and yep. like. There were sticky floors. We couldn't hear each other talk. It was the perfect spot to turn 30. (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, it was I was so, so well aware of this, like the stereotypicalness of what was going on. But um, because of how different it has been to my entire life, I was like, you know what? Is it really stereotypical or is it ironic? I'm going to stick to ironic because it makes me feel better about what happened. But um, it it was probably stereotypical. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, feeling better is what it's all about. I mean, but seriously, have you been dreading turning 30 for a while or is this just another number to you? It, so it really is just another number to me personally because I um, I worked in restaurants since I was like 20. Um, and so all of my friends were much closer to 30 than I was. And so I watched a bunch of my friends turn 30 and they were freaking out. And I was so confused. So I, was, I was sitting there at 23, 24. And I was like, dude, you're you're still Dodge. You're still Steven. Like, <laughs> why, why do you care? This doesn't seem like a big deal to me. And so at some point I was like, it's kind of crazy to freak out about turning 30 because the people I've watched turn 30 haven't changed at all. So why should I worry about it? That said... I totally get where the freak out come from. <laughs> like okay. I can, I can see it now. Right. Cause there's almost a cultural assumption of where you'll be at 30. Like it's not an expectation. It's never said out loud, but everyone kind of has this idea that like, Oh, by the time you're 30, you should have your career job and a house. And like, there's these things that you just kind of assume I'm going to have these by the time I get, turn 30. And then when you turn 30 and you're like, I'm 
living in an apartment and I don't know what I want to do with myself. Like it's, <laughs> it's kind of easy to freak out and be like, Oh, I'm, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And I don't know if I agree with that or not, but it's very easy to fall into that mindset. Yeah, no, that is interesting. Well, I mean, I think we can agree that millennials are developing at a slower rate than any generation that came before us. And so I don't think we should be held to the same standards as, you know, generations before. I think we're going to live longer. And I think we are just growing up at a slower rate. And I truly think that 30s are going to be our time to truly get all of that figured out. I mean, everyone already says that your 30s are are the best decade of your life because you've got yourself more figured out. You should have more money coming in. You're not making as many stupid choices. Like it sounds like 30s is the time to actually get it all sorted out because of the lessons you learn throughout your 20s. Yeah. And I mean... I don't know if I'd say you should be held to a lesser standard, but um, you shouldn't care about the standard other people have been held to, you know, because I, I have a buddy who's a realtor. Right. And he's like, yeah, no, people 60 years ago, they'd, uh, you know, they'd turn 18 and they'd get a house and they get married. And guess what? Most of those people are still in the house that they could afford when they were 18. Wow. You know, and so yeah. like. When you think like how many people do you know whose grandma lives in a two bedroom that's the size of my apartment, but it has a tiny little backyard, so technically it's a house. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, um it's not necessarily the same thing as like being set for life or you know, having stability. It's just okay, cool. I have what amounts to the same thing. Um and so we, we live in a different time. We could, we could spend hours talking about inflation and the housing market, but I'm neither inclined nor smart enough to talk about either of those things. <laughs> uh, and I don't think anybody here wants to listen to that. So we can move on. But like, it's a different time and I'm comfortable with where I'm at and how I plan on proceeding. So I'm not freaking out. How do you feel with 30 looming? Well, it's interesting because I spent today actually moving out a majority of the stuff from my apartment back into my parents' place uh, because I, I no longer need the apartment. I'm, I'm going back. I want to I need to save the money on this spot, go back and stay with my parents until I leave next month for L.A. And it was it was surprisingly like, I guess, emotional for lack of a better word. It was really weird because I just moved all this stuff in. And I did that, you know, I was, I moved in at age 29 and, and I was thrilled about that. I feel like, you know, by some people's standards, it's a little late to finally have your own place, but I was living with my best friend, Eli for six years. And, and that was a good deal until all like suddenly it was just time to, to move on. So I got this apartment. I've been building this like amazing life for myself here. And now that I'm moving away, I'm kind of tearing down what that life was because um, I'm going in a completely different direction. And it's just, it's it's really strange because like, ultimately, I, you know, a few years back, I redirected my life to chase my dream of making movies with a bunch of my closest friends, you included. And it's it completely redirected what my life could have been. I mean, my, my 20s were defined by by a, a massive social life and and a bunch of... Uh, you know, a bunch of partying. I dated a ton of people. I had this really intense career in events that I was obsessed with. And I was a total nerd and kind of 
step by step, I have been changing what my life is to focus on this dream of making movies. It's been interesting that as I'm looking back, I, I'm not the same person that I was five years ago because I have sacrificed everything that I was throughout my twenties to become this, like this movie making machine to gear myself for the road ahead. And, and this apartment was like kind of the final nail in the coffin of what that life could have been. And it's weird. It's kind of hard just because I was, I was so proud to have my own place and you've been over many times. It's a really great spot. It's in a great location. And, and it really made me happy to have my own space. And I'm kind of like, I'm hitting the undo button and which isn't as easy as hitting a button. It's putting in the work to take down all the art and, you know, rebox up everything you just unpacked. And it was just, it's been a very strange day because I'm going through all this stuff that is mine that I kind of, I kind of no longer lead, I need. So I guess to, you know, to answer your question, I'm not necessarily, you know, the turning 30 itself doesn't scare me. I think our 30s are going to be the best decade of our lives, but I'm currently just going through this transformative experience where I am kind of saying goodbye to the Kyle that was in his 20s. And in order to make room for for the Kyle that needs to be, you know, the, the LA movie making producer that, uh, that, that I'm dreaming of. And it's just, it's interesting because, you know, in order to to build something new, you must destroy what is already there. And I feel like I'm cur- I'm just I'm sitting here looking at the rubble that is much of my life with two and a half movies sitting on the pile, like on top of the pile, and uh, just just wondering what's ahead. I've cleared out all this room in order to to make space for for what will be a grand adventure ahead. So thirty itself does not scare me, no. But ultimately, I'm just I'm at the end of what was an amazing, beautiful journey. Uh, and I'm just going through that this hard part of saying goodbye to all of it in order to get ready for what's next. Yeah. I think I think it's really interesting um, the way we spent our 20s because uh, when uh, when everything that was going mm-hmm. on that led to you moving out was going on. Um, I had I had a lot of conversations with you and with Eli and there was just there was a lot of people figuring out how we wanted to move forward and what our, like what all our dynamics were going to look like and I spent a lot of time thinking about that and I think I I spent my 20s really kind of examining what do I believe and how do I like who am I as a person how do how do my beliefs shape who I'm going to be um and I, I'm going into my 30s and I'm very comfortable and confident in who I am and how I relate to God, spirituality, the universe, whatever whatever you want to call it. You know, I'll keep that to myself until we have the theology podcast someday. But yeah, oh, um, yeah. looking forward to it. But uh, that's that's where I'm comfortable. But I have no idea what I am capable of achieving because I was never going to great length to achieve things like financially or in terms of my job. It was always just, yeah, I'm, I'm surviving on this front, but I'm, I'm, you know, pouring all myself into kind of a more philosophical experience. Whereas I think you just thrived in your relationships and in your work and you know exactly what you're capable of in that regard, but you didn't spend a lot of your twenties 
in terms of philosophy. So you've been going through this this change where you're having to face who is Kyle, what does Kyle believe, how does Kyle fit into the grander scope, whatever that may be. Um, and I'm in the exact opposite, but where I'm like, I know who Michael is. I don't know how he fits into the grand scope, but I don't know what Michael can <clears throat> achieve when he sets forth. And that's I, that to me is what's going to be the most interesting is seeing how we each start picking up the other side of, I don't know, the scale and uh, how we end up balancing that. That's extremely fascinating. You've never put it like that before. And, and it's it's interesting because like, I mean, you're right. For for much of my 20s, I was very confident in who I was. I, I was succeeding in my career. I was making good mo- money. This is all before we started making movies. I just, I was constantly dating somebody new. I was constantly just finding new ways to throw elaborate costume parties and to go to have amazing adventures at music festivals. And just, it was all about like what the next fun rush could be. And, and that was how I was living from like, from experience to experience, not really thinking much of the future and, and, and what was coming next. And then when COVID hit, that's when we, you know, we almost immediately, we decided to, to try making a movie and it brought out all this passion out of us. And that's what kind of sparked this whole dream. And coming off of that, I mean, they say don't go into business with your friends. And, and there's a reason for that. And, and I lost a lot of close friends. I spent all my money on making these movies. I, I had my heart broken. I haven't dated anybody in, eight, like in a while. And so, like, all of a sudden, I am now the one going through that period of, like, you know, trying to figure out where my what my relationship with my creator looks like and what that means. Because for so long, I just had this happy life that was full of good times and great experiences. And I didn't worry about it too much. I was grateful. I thought I had it all figured out. And like, it was a, I had a big thumbs up to the universe and I was getting one back. But since doing what I believed that I was born to do, doing what one could say is my, you know, my, my, my passion, my gift from God, whatever it is, mm-hmm. like, doing my the thing that I you that I think I can do uniquely from anybody else since starting that dream it has only gotten harder my my life has only gotten worse I'm not I'm not turning back I'm in no way going to give up but when I analyze it it has only made my life more difficult in, in every single way and and so and that, that has caused me to wonder and I don't want to get down I don't want to go down the what if rabbit hole because mm-hmm. you could spend eternity down there and, and it's not healthy. But as I'm repacking up everything that I just unpacked, there's that part of my brain that goes, okay, was this always part of the plan? Like, it was this, was this what was meant to happen? Or did I screw something up along the way? And, and you know, now I'm kind of make, fixing a mess that I may have created. Like, it's just hard for me not to wonder what's going on upstairs when nothing has gone the way that I thought it would whatsoever. And honestly, had I known that, it would be this hard and that I would have lost this many friends and be this broke. Had I known that all this stuff would have happened, I don't know if I still would have made the choice to, to chase after movies. And that's not a regret. I'm not trying to, this is not, I'm not trying to throw a pity party. I'm not turning back, but it just like, it's, it's been a very long, hard road. And when I look back at what most of my twenties was, I was having a lot more fun back then. It, it, it was a freaking ride back then. And I was pretty happy a majority of the time. It's interesting because my early 20s were without a doubt the most fun I've ever had in my entire life, right? Um, I was living out in Kalamazoo. I was working a job that I loved with people that I loved. 
and it was so much fun. Um, I couldn't live like that at this point. It would just wear me out to be to be partying all the time and just to be to be going at that rate, like that pace. So for me, at least, it's like, yeah, we're losing some of what made our 20s so much fun. But I don't think they're going to be anywhere near as like I don't think living that way would be as gratifying through this next decade as it was when we were doing it. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You do got to kind of grow up a bit, right, and evolve with the times. Yeah, well, and it's like it's like you were saying, like when we went out to the club, we literally just danced until the club closed. <laughs> Neither of us hit on a single woman the entire time. <laughs> and on the way back, you said you said, uh, "I just don't have the energy to pretend to be interested in this conversation." Like if you're not <laughs> if you're not bringing something to the table too, I'm not interested. I feel the same way. But in the in my early twenties, I was willing to pretend to care about stuff. And now I'm wow. like, I'm like, man, if you are not stimulating and giving me an interesting conversation, get out of here. I don't have time for you. <laughs> like, I, I could be doing a podcast with Kyle right now. And instead, I'm talking about whatever stupid early 20s thing you're going through that I'm sure would have been fascinating <laughs> 10 years ago. But it's just I, I can't I don't I don't have time for this anymore. Well, yeah, I just like ultimately I'd be because I, you know, I've dated so many people. It is like I I think I've got a higher standard for myself now because I've been through so much nonsense and and BS. Uh, How much are we swearing on this podcast? Can I say bullshit? Keep it PG-13. You know, we get one. One per episode? One per episode. Yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) I wanted to use it. (laughs) Heck Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, no, you're you're so right. I'm so with you. I don't, I just, I think because now that we're older, we're both living much busier lives. I mean, we haven't even gotten into your home situation and like, you know, the responsibilities that you have. But when I do have free time, I'm not going to waste it on somebody that is draining or boring or not bringing some value to my life. Uh, and I'm sorry, but if you're just somebody to hook up with that doesn't have anything interesting to say or talk about, then you're not bringing value into my life. You're not. Right. And ultimately, I would rather just spend the whole night uh, dancing with one of my best friends for his birthday and not dealing with any girls and their petty b- bullshit <laughs> and instead just have fun with one of my boys. Like, honestly, I'll take that. I would oh, I will with where I'm at now in life. I will always choose that. Yeah, but also I I learned from years of being in my twenties chasing after girls with that being the priority, having it work sometimes, having it not work sometimes. There is nothing worse than driving home at like four four thirty in the morning, not having gotten laid, <laughs> and then being like, "Why the hell did I waste all that time and money?" <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it, what, so what it comes down to is that, like, when you're putting the qual, like how when when you're determining how your night went by something as fickle as whether or not not you end up going home with the girl, like at best you're going to have a 50% rate of good nights. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's if you're you, if you're me, it's even worse. Right. Uh, like, but if like, but if the plan is, Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to have a good time with my buddies. And what, if, if something happens, if some adventure comes up, we'll chase it. But the goal is to have fun with a friend that that's a pretty like high success rate, you know. Like even on the days we've gone out, oh, and exactly. you're you're 
and like one of us has gotten shot down, it's still been a better night than if the only goal is to just go pick up a chick. Like, absolutely. Like, especially when you have good friends that are good company, no matter what you're doing, it's you're no longer running that 50 50 shot of the night being good or not. If your priority is to have fun with a with a buddy, with a friend, then you are guaranteed to have a good time. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and also I have with me going to LA, I have kind of put, I've just, you know, I've decided to put any kind of love on the back burner in order to spend more time with friends and family before I go. And it wasn't, this is like a, you know, it wasn't always that way. Like I knew I was going to LA and was still going out looking for some, but I've realized that I need to not be wasting the precious few weeks I have left on women who could be draining or what have you and instead spend it with the people that made me who I am today. Yeah, absolutely. So looking back on your 20s, I mm-hmm. want to ask you what you think are the most like defining things about your, the oh, how do I ask this? The most defining things about your 20s that will that will forever impact the person you are down the road. Now this can be a consistent thing that happens, a defining moments. I just want to know, like, like ultimately your twenties from how I understand them right now. Yeah. I feel I, like your twenties are such a time to grow and ex- like kind of just learn about life and what it really means. And, and I want to know what you've learned about life and how that is going to shape you down the road. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I'd say there were three, Three, eh, three and a half, I guess, because two of them are basically the same thing. Uh, opposite okay. ends of the same coin, I guess. Um, yeah. So I, philosophically, the, the very front end of my 20s was about figuring out what I believe. Um, and there's when you really get into the baseline of philosophy, you're going to run into these people who believe that truth doesn't exist and that there are no absolutes. And um we don't have to get into that, but I think both of those statements are bunk. Um, <laughs> I think that we don't necessarily know what is true, but there is like only one thing is true. And like it, all of reality conforms to truth. And I came to the decision that I want my beliefs to align with what is real or what is true. Right. Um, there's a quote from Arthur Conan Doyle in a Sherlock Holmes book. Um, Once you have eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. Right. And so life became almost a Socratic method of examining beliefs and just trying to filter out what wasn't true, because at the end of what isn't true has to be what is true. Um and um, I'd like to say that I got that quote from reading Sherlock Holmes. I got it from an episode of Jimmy Neutron and then later <laughs> later found it in Sherlock Holmes. Um, but I, I think that just I think that has been a just a guiding principle for me is it doesn't matter if I'm I'm right yesterday. Right. Like being right yesterday. It doesn't put food on the table. All it it doesn't put money in the bank. It just strokes my ego, right? And my ego is just fine without being inflated any more than it already is. Um, but being right tomorrow has value, 
And so wow. whenever whenever I come up against something that challenges my beliefs, I want to examine it. I want to look into it, see if even if I disagree with it, if I can peel back layers of untruth, if there is even the tiniest bit of truth to be gleaned in something I disagree with, then it has value because I come away with truth and theoretically what I believe slightly more aligns with what is real. Um, and wow. so that was that was one of the first pillars of my my 20s. Um, the second one would be... Well, I would like to add that uh, actually Spock said that quote in 2009, Star Trek by J.J. Abrams. So uh, oh, you're okay. wrong twice. Yeah, so yeah, so he was third. <laughs> um, he, he fell short to Sherlock Holmes and Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> and Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> Carry on. Um, but uh, that's that's so funny. I didn't realize he had used that quote in that movie. I love that movie. Um, I, I know that quote. You said it, and I was like, I know this quote. Oh, yeah, <laughs> And it was Spock. not from reading Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd say the second most, like the, the second most defining thing from my twenties would be my marriage. Right. Um, uh, I got married to one of my oldest friends. We've known each other since like 2004. Um, and we've always been just fantastic partners. Like whatever we were involved in, whether we were just friends, whether we were dating, when we got married, we just, we worked together and we challenged each other and, um, and it, we made each other, we forced each other to be better because neither of us were great. And we both felt that the other person deserved more than they were getting from us. And so we were constantly trying to improve so that we could give the other person what they needed. Right. Um, wow. Yeah. And so that was, that was a very like, just eye-opening and defining moment. And we also have very different beliefs. And so that plays into the first thing because even though to this day, me and her disagree on tons of things, um, I have been able to understand people I disagree with better from being married to her. And I have been able to find truth in things I disagree with through being around her. Um, and then we will come back to that in a moment. And the, the third thing is having <laughs> having my daughter, right? Um, you nothing nothing on this planet changes you like having a child. Um, your worth at work ethic changes immediately. Um, when uh, when I found out that Mackenzie was pregnant, we were both working part time jobs. We were working like twenty five hours a week, and we were like, hey, you know, lots of families live off one income of forty hours a week. So if we're both working 25, that's 10 hours a week more than plenty of households have. And we have all this time off to just do whatever we want. And uh, she was picking me up from work one day and she was just bawling her eyes out. And I was like, what's, what's, what's wrong? And she goes, I think I'm pregnant. And I was like, ah, uh-huh. uh, fuck. I need to get a real job. <laughs> um and I've worked full time ever since, you know, yeah, and nice. I've worked wow. jobs I've loved. I've worked jobs I've hated. Um, but you do it because that that child, that person that depends on you takes over the the seat of what is most important. It, it's not what you want. It's not what your spouse wants. It's what is best for this kid. Um, and so that was easily the third defining moment of my 20s and i'm gonna have to make some phone calls before this podcast goes out because not everybody knows yet 
Um, but uh, I tried a baby. No, and everybody knows I've had a baby. <laughs> um, very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, and so uh, my Mackenzie and I are actually no longer together. And it's, uh, there's no ill will. We're raising Joe together still. We still live together. Um, but she told me at the beginning of the summer that she was gay. And I was like, well, not a lot, not a lot I can do about that. Um, that was unexpected. <laughs> yeah. That, it, it, that explains a thing or two. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah. And so like, I wouldn't have been able to do that before I got married. Right. I learned how through being married and through having a child, I learned how to put other people ahead of myself and I learned how to control the negative emotions that well up when I'm confronted with something difficult. And, and so like when we had first got married, I would not have been able to handle with any modicum of grace. Hey, I think I'm gay. We should get a divorce. Um, and now I was just kind of like, well, shit, I wish you'd figured that out six years ago, but like, <laughs> yeah, what you gonna do? Uh, so, yeah, it's a good, uh, it's like a moment where Jim would look to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's all uh, there is. You got like, nothing. Are you, are you guys seeing this too? <laughs> right. No, but I mean, it has been crazy to watch that, watch you guys kind of navigate that journey just from being a friend in your life. But I'm just like incredibly impressed by, how you two have remained so close and you guys still have all this chemistry. You guys are still clearly like best friends. It's just, it's amazing to see that like, despite what could be a really like, you know, relationship ruining thing, you know, altogether friendship included, you guys have really navigated how to make this work and remain Joe's parents and remain like a cohesive family uh, until reason for that to change. Right. Well, and I mean, think about it, right? Like you and I are great friends. Yeah. Do you think we would be better or worse friends if it turned out we had one more thing in common than we thought? <laughs> I'm turning 30. Okay, games. So Today's game is categories. In which a category will be uh, presented. And Mike and I will go back and forth naming items that belong in that category until one of us can, can't think of one. Now, we had your ex-wife, Mackenzie, come up with the categories. Have you peeked at them yet, or are you going in completely blind? I'm, I'm going in completely blind. Okay. Category oh, is. Jesus, Mackenzie. The first category is things that start and end with the, the first. Okay, what she's trying to say is things that start and end with the same letter. Wow. She really done did it to us, huh? Yeah. She's not messing uh, around. Okay. Things, so not names. Improper nouns, yes? Yes. Okay. Uh, who's going first? I have one if you're ready. Yep. TNT. Mm, I'll take it. Would you accept Roar? 100%. Um, okay. Oh my gosh. It's a thing. Pop. Things. I wanted to say evoke, but I don't think evoke is a noun. Like, it's not a thing. Uh, no, uh, it is a verb. Yeah, I'm going to say... <laughs> this is so funny, but a thief. F-I-F-I-E-F. I haven't said Whoa. that word maybe ever, a but I'm dropping it right thief. now. Wow. Um, 
That is F-I-A-F. Oh, wait, sorry. It has F-I-E-F audience, not T-H-I-E-F. I yeah, like a like a fiefdom. He's really like smart. A exactly. <laughs> um, I'm you, gonna sir. go with the Dominator. It was a robot in something. I can't remember which. That doesn't the Dominator. Oh shoot! It'd be dominated, idiot. Ah! Uh, all right. Uh, give me ten seconds. Okay. That was brutally difficult, and I'm terrified for the rest of these. Okay, this next one is so much more doable. Things you can find in Ikea. Okay, wow, this is going to be a long one, so let's just rapid fire it. Couch. Meatball. Pillows. People. I'm going to say all cushions. I'm just wiping cushions off the board. Beds. Um... Oh, uh, shopping carts. Fork. I'm going to say all silverware. <laughs> mm, all silverware except forks. Um, except forks, deal. <laughs> glassware. Nice. Fake plants. Ooh, nice. Um, have we said blankets? No. Okay, blankets. Uh, wall decor. Mm, nice. Um, plastic wrap. <laughs> nice. Um, like... I'm going to say shelving units. Oh, nice. Hanging lights. Oh, smooth. Uh, I'm going to say TV stands. Oh, nice. Um, Rugs. Cool. Uh, Cinnamon rolls. Nice. Um, Okay. Little bath toys for children. (laughs) <laughs> I'm picturing a blue I'm, pulled up, I'm, don't you? no I'm just specifically I can't get the picture of a little blue octopus out of my head <laughs> you do have children so I, I, I child so I trust um okay what am I missing do you accept ottoman 100% um upholstery cover right so we have a we have an Ikea couch we can get an entire new upholstery thing that you just zip around it and it changes yeah. the color of the couch Yep, I'm going to say all curtains. So I'm taking off shower and window. Oh, that seems unfair, but okay. Um, I'm going to go with vests. Vests? Vests, plural, as in the things every single employee is wearing. Oh, you're going to hit me with the employee wardrobe? Fine, then I'm going to hit you with extremely cheap and easily breakable little plastic measuring tape things that like that you could just take oh. off, I'll have them I have no idea how else to describe uh, no I know exactly what you're talking about um, immediately fall apart I'm gonna go with I'm assuming my father lost and upset doesn't count <laughs> no, no. Uh, right. The one time was, I'm sure, it was very valid, but we need at least some consistency with this. I don't know if they have clothes at IKEA. No, 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 no. An actual <laughs> wardrobe. Oh, the wardrobe? Yes. <laughs> I'm down to call this one a draw. We've gone for like five you know minutes. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd say when you've and, exhausted the oh. category, it's set. Like. 
we really just ran it dry more than anything. Because <laughs> next we're just going to be like, well, they have napkins too, don't they? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> well, they're shoes from the people <laughs> who are wearing them. Yeah, <laughs> this could go for a long time, but I had a lot of fun with it. Oh, yeah, exactly. It was the exact opposite of the previous category. <laughs> right. That was so hard to think of any. Um. All right. Sitcoms. Whoa. Uh, okay, you go first. Community. Uh, friends. How I Met Your Mother. The, uh, the Office. Parks and Rec. Um, New Girl. Shit's Creek. The Mindy Project. Ooh, Ugly Betty. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Third Rock from the Sun. All right. I don't know why this came to mind, but All in the Family. Hmm. Frasier. Seinfeld. Frasier. You just said that. Nope. They're two separate shows. Cop on Paramount Plus. Uh-huh. There's two Frasiers? The Frasier reboot is a separate show than the original Frasier. But I can keep. Uh-huh. I, I can pull something else up if we want to. I just thought that'd be fun to do. No, no. Yep, yep. Run it. Let's keep it going. All Let's right. keep it going. Um. Cheers. Dang it, that was gonna be my next one. How I Met Your Father. Oh. Um. <laughs> Everybody hates Chris. Nice. Everybody loves Raymond. Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, you bastard! That's mine. Uh, the Middle. Modern Family. Family Ties. Oh, uh, Animal Control. Wow. Oh, dude, that show, I, I hope it comes back. It was getting pretty good. Um, 30 Rock. Nice. <laughs> Third Rock from the Sun. I think I already said that. Did you? All right, then just delete that one so I don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, next one is going to be. Oh, that 70s show. That 90s show. Ah. Uh, Point counterpoint. <laughs> Joey. Damn it! That was my ace in the hole. Uh, I was like, wait, if we're going to play this game as spinoffs and counterpoints, let me hit you with that. I was, uh, that was my, that was going to be my winning piece. Um, wow. Wow. All right. No big deal. Um, Will and Grace. Um, what's, uh, is it Family Ties? I said Family Ties after you said Modern Family. Yeah. All right. Give me 10. 10. Nine, eight, seven, right there. Come six, on. five, four, three. Your dad's gonna like Full you house. more than you. Full house. Mash. Oh, Ten. I wanted to make dad so proud. Nine. Mash is eight, it? Is it mash? Whoa. Six. Wait, eight, then seven. <laughs> six, five. Four, three. Oh, the good place. Two. Fuller House. The good. Oh Ten. no, the counterpoint. Nine. Straight to the jugular. Eight. Seven. Okay. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's Faulty it. Towers. Taxi. Uh, airport. Uh, I haven't heard of it. I haven't heard of it. Seventies. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah. So well, and British. Whole... Okay, so we're tied, right? Uh, technically, we both have one win, and we tied that one round. So we need a tiebreaker. Do you have any more categories? The last, she specifically asked if we wanted one. Things you can read. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. It's about to get. Cr- uh, you did. I'm going to say a book. I will say a magazine. I'm going to say a scroll. Oh, okay. Getting obscure to start. I'm going to go with a text message. Oh, nice. I'm going to go with a computer screen. I'm going to go with an email. I'm going to go with subtitles. All right, sorry about that. I've had to go for a minute, and I'm, like, rocking in my chair. No, you're good. You're good. All right. Are you sticking with barcode? Uh, if you want a next barcode, I'll go with fax. Yeah, okay. Uh, you can start counting. Ten. Because you can nine, read. Eight. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. All right, Mike, congratulations. You win this round. I think I'm actually very excited to go toe to toe with you for a lot of these different games and challenges. Because I think we're good competitors and it's going to keep, it's going to be a lot of fun. So as we wrap things up, please uh, tell our listeners, what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? What is engaging your brain right now in the, the nerd world? So I have been watching a show on Paramount Plus called Why Women Kill. Uh, okay. It is incredible. I, um, I think, let's try not to get too political. I heard the title and I was like, is this going to feel like one of Disney's more recent films? Um, and no, it is, it is brilliant. It is about three different couples who live in the same house through one of them lives there in the sixties, one in the eighties, one in the one in 2019. And all you know is that each of the, the wives is going to kill. You don't know who, you're not entirely sure why, um, but you end up watching these three couples' story play out with this looming promise of a murder coming. I am seven seasons out of, or excuse me, seven episodes out of ten through the first season. I believe it's an anthology, so it resets in season two, and I've been captivated since the first episode. It's brilliant, it's clever, it says really interesting things about the dynamics between the sexes across a 60 year gap and it handles characters in a way that's honest and well-rounded and sincere. You don't have any of these flat characters that are here just to represent an idea. Everyone's a person. They have flaws. They have things going for them. And it's just, it's top notch television. I've been blown away. Um, and I've been playing uh, lethal company along with just about everybody else, but it is a survival horror game where you go and collect scrap from different planets um, 
with a team and you try not to get killed by whatever wacky aliens are lurking in the dark while you're collecting scrap from these abandoned sites. And uh, I've been playing with my cousins. And what makes this game so fun is it has proximity chat. So it's like you're playing with Discord, but if you get too far away, they start getting quiet and then you can't hear them anymore. And it is so much fun. It is terrifying until you die and then the tension breaks and it is hilarious. It is such a good time. Can't get enough. All I've been thinking about since we started playing earlier this week. What about you? Wow, that's that was a really good pitch on both of those. Uh, I've actually been really enjoying the latest season of Fargo. Uh, it's a, the show is an anthology. So if you haven't seen the previous seasons, you don't need to, to watch them all to be caught up. Uh, this season, I haven't seen seasons three or four, but this season from the ads, it just really, something really like pulled me in and I've been obsessed with it ever since. Uh, and I've been obsessed with it ever since I started it. It's the writing is just, it's very poignant. It's not a very fast paced show. It moves slow, but in a really enjoyable way because they, they, the show just lets these scenes play out. It lets the, the intensity of different moments just ride and like the, the, the relationships between these characters just kind of exist. I feel like I watch a lot of TV that constantly like throws plot in your face. And this show, it has a plot. It's got a really engaging mystery. And it's definitely much more scary than previous seasons of Fargo. But I'm just enjoying that it's it's been this smooth ride of, of having this like mystery slowly peeled back episode by episode. I feel like that didn't make sense. No, it made perfect sense. sense. It made perfect cool. sense. Um, and it's cool. really good to hear because I also definitely had my eye on Fargo from the ads for this season. I was like, this looks really good. I didn't know it was Dude. an anthology. Um, so I might, I might have to check it out when I'm done with when women kill. Why, Bro, why women it's kill. crazy because, because I, I had to force myself to stop watching it because it was killing me not to jump into the next episode. So all I could say is watch the first three episodes. If you're not dying to know what happens immediately after the end of the third episode, then, then it's not for you. But like I watched the first three and I had my jaw on the floor at the end of the third episode, just like I, I wanted to claw at the walls because I was so eager to know what was going to happen next. I'm blown away. Everyone who's in the, the show is playing a character unlike anything they've played before. So it's really fresh and I'm loving it. I'm also playing Jedi uh, Jedi Survivor right now. Is that the second five. one? That's the second one. Okay. And it is easily the most fun I've ever had playing a Star Wars game. And I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. I played Knights of the Old Republic. I played the Old Republic. Lots of Battlefront. Like I've played a ton of Star Wars in my days. And this game, I just I feel like a true Jedi during the era of the Empire. And it's it's unreal. It just the story's great. the The world building is great. It feels like Star Wars. the The plot builds upon. Star Wars lore while also like staying true to it. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times if certain properties or certain IPs take too many liberties with storytelling, they kind of lose sight of the overall narrative of what their universe is supposed to be about. And this, it just hits all the right notes and brings me so much joy. I am currently repping the lightsaber and the blaster and I, I feel unstoppable. It's, it's unreal and I'm obsessed. So if you're a Star Wars fan, Jedi Survivor is, is amazing. 
All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to our very first episode of Long Distance Situationship. We've got many more to come. Uh, it's This is really just going to be a tale of two friends, remaining friends from opposite sides of the country. As I gather experiences and stories in on the West Coast and uh, Mike just learns about who he's meant to be in his 30s. Amen, man. <laughs> <laughs>